0: It's tough being a teen, and it's even tougher when you're saving the world but still have to be home in time to finish your algebra homework. On today's episode, Charlie tries to explain the growing man, Mikey has concerns about the future of Razor scooters, and we both take a trip down memory lane.
1: the young ones a podcast about teen superhero teams and why we love them my name is charlie and just so you know i use they them pronouns and i'm mikey and i use he him pronouns and welcome to our inaugural podcast this is episode number one it's been kind of very interesting getting this all together very quickly i have been wanting to do a podcast for quite a long time and i just didn't have the conceit really And just lo and behold, kind of talking out on Twitter with one wonderful Christina Strain, I got this idea and then I (laughs) drug Mikey into helping me with it. Flew out of your head like Athena flew out of Zeus's. (laughs) Yes, just like that. Um, Just like that. But
0: it's actually kind of the second iteration of this podcast because we had like an idea uh, about like a year back just the pieces never really came together so we got the conceit together and figured out a format and everything kind of clicked like pieces of a puzzle together so yeah excited i had
1: i wanted to do an x-men podcast because i love the x-men but i couldn't quite get together like something that hadn't already been done and done much better than i could probably do it and then i actually realized That most of my favorite superheroes are actually teenagers or young adults. And there we go. And there's a lot of them. There is so many. Um, Yeah. (laughs) There are so many teen super teams and just standalone teen superheroes. Or even just young adults. Like, I don't know where you want to cut that line off. We will be cutting it off at some point. But for right now, our first kind of grouping of episodes and this one specifically will be about the young Avengers and I can't think of a better team to start with because the young Avengers were kind of one of the first superhero teams I got into and that's all because of you Mikey so
0: (laughs) yeah and that was young Avengers was the first uh, comic that I read it's what got me into comics so um, it's kind of perfect
1: yeah it kind of fits right together and In this, today, we're going to be actually talking about the first three issues of Young Avengers Volume 1, and we're going to go through the whole thing, but this is going to be kind of a a little bit deeper of a dive. We're just going to kind of go through, talk about what's going on, because there is some context here that we do need to know. It'll be, (laughs) it'll be a time, um, but we're going to, we're going to get through it together. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah marvel continuity sure is something that's for sure very Um, much
1: so so i
0: guess let's just dive back in or dive right in so this came out um young avengers uh started in 2005 um so it spun out pretty much directly out of avengers disassembled uh which was an event that ran from august 2004 to january 2005 uh written by brian michael bendis um in which the avengers uh as the title says uh dissolved disassembled. Um, disassembled um so it all kind of started out um as we found out through a flashback by wasp and scarlet witch sitting by the pool drinking mai tais uh talking about the wasp's relationship with hawkeye and how she had a pregnancy scare, and she was just kind of like, Oh, Wanda, didn't you have kids too? And Wanda's like, Uh, what? Um, yeah. And apparently, did you know that forgetting and remembering that you had children causes you to go insane?
1: Yeah. Um, and, I mean, my ties are good, except for when I guess you have them when you're being reminded of your children that may or may not still exist.
0: <laughs> yeah. So to go back even further into. Uh, Marvel continuity. Um, The Scarlet Witch had created children with pieces, I think two fifths of uh, Mephisto, who's the uh, Satan analog in the Marvel universe, Um, some chunks of his soul, (laughs) uh, which, and put them into like construct bodies. Uh, that she was then pregnant with because she was married to the Vision, who is a synthesoid man, uh, a robot with feelings um, for all intents and purposes. And they had like this happy um, white picket fence life in New Jersey, um, except that it was all fake. And Mephisto's servant, Master Pandemonium, came to claim the babies and glommed them onto his hands. Um, in and some had-
1: very terrible and terrifying uh, panels. She's yeah, weird no good. baby
0: fists. Weird baby fists are bad, friends. Um, so that uh, she was caused to forget all of that um, by Agatha Harkness. And then Vision also like decided emotions were bad and became White Vision. And it was the whole time. So Scarlet Witch, in order to maintain her sanity, forgot that. But Wasp...
1: Reminded her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like that cool conversation you have with your good friend by the pool about her non-existent children that you weren't supposed to remind her about. It spiraled out of control very quickly. And it it basically turned into the Avengers have a terrible, no good, very bad day. Very, very bad. The Scarlet Witch decided
0: that they had to pay for taking her babies
1: away from her. Or for not helping when her babies were taken away from her. Because that's... I don't know. Some of this is... It is a kind of a bad take, and I will yeah. also let you all know that the majority of what happened in Avengers Disassembled was retconned, and it has been retconned. There are things that happened here that nobody, not necessarily won't remember, but a lot of this didn't take place, or the way that we saw it take place back then wasn't really what happened. And
0: Yeah, it's a really bad take on the hysteria trope, and frankly, I'm glad it's been retconned. Um, but what spiraled out of that is that Iron Man um went back to drinking, um Ant Man Scott Lang got killed, um Hawkeye flew into the like air intake of an imaginary Kree warship, um and the vision was torn in half. Uh much like uh one of the replic- or one of the androids from Alien.
1: Um and remained and remained in pieces. Yeah. Um in, yeah, very we'll get to that in a very terrifying second. pieces for a long time, apparently.
0: Yeah. Um and so uh when we start off Young Avengers, uh the Avengers have been disbanded and they wouldn't appear again um for six months um in the book New Avengers, uh which started in September of two
1: thousand
0: five. Um Which wasn't so
1: really that- a it wasn't a traditional Avengers book. Cap was there, yeah. but other than that, it was Cap, Iron Man, Spider Man, Jessica Drew, so who's Spider Woman, Luke Cage, and Wolverine, who was just picking up with that ubiquitous being everywhere pace, I guess, with this. So
0: they deal with like the Sentry um, on the raft, which then sets up uh, the Dark Reign event, which wouldn't come for some time later. But it, it's it's the setup to kind of the next iteration of events in Marvel um, and it sets events in motion.
1: We can also just expand and talk about how Avengers Assembled ended January of 2004 and House of M started that two thousand five. Oh, 2005, excuse me. And House of M started that same year. So there was, yeah, it was July. just, it was just going. Like it just had started that whole machine up so
0: yeah so we'll we'll cover these events kind of as we get to them with these books um but it's kind of bam 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 like they go on there's one like every six months uh, a marvel wide event um for some year near on until um 2010 so like five years of um continuous events which sets up uh what a lot of readers refer to as event fatigue because it's just too much. These are, like, huge, spanning, like, tens of hundreds of issues. Maybe not that much, but it's quite a bit of reading. And um, especially for casual readers, it's difficult to pick it up if you haven't read the stuff preceding it.
1: Yeah. Um, so we're going to do
0: our best to <laughs> explain
1: it all here for yeah. you. And Wanda's story that starts in Avengers Assembled does not get resolved, It really, until... Avengers vs X Men, which is in t- which happened in 2012.
0: Yeah, Avengers vs X Men, Age of Ultron, and Original Sin actually all kind of resolved that, which tails out until September 2014. So buckle up if you want to read through that. I mean, some of it uh, we we should <laughs> we should subtitle this podcast. Reread read it so you don't have to. Um, some of these, <laughs> some of the 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 main books we're going to be covering are very good. Some of the events are not.
1: When we skim over them. That's that's how you'll know, <laughs> but <laughs> um, no,
0: young Avengers is extremely good,
1: yes, but starting starting us off um is Young Avengers number one, and this is a book that I think out of the three issues that we're going over today, that you said it was your favorite here, yeah it is written by Alan Heinberg with pencils by Jim Chung and inks by mark dell and then the colors are by justin ponsor and alan heinberg and jim chung were like co are co-creators of the young avengers so when i think of one i think of the other and then i think about this team and that's just kind of how i know there's been a lot of young avengers material after the first volume and some of the stuff that preceded it but this is the young avengers when i think about them i don't sometimes i don't yeah. think about the other members that they decided to add on and well, that, it's, it's also a-
0: like the designs are very like very solid um pro- maybe not in these first couple issues but the designs that chung lands on uh towards the end and definitely in vol- into volume 2 are kind of like the iconic young avengers i think
1: yeah absolutely and it's like i said i don't just like some of the things that happened later but i definitely like these are my definitive versions of the young avengers especially when we get to the end of this series it's like perfect it's very good um but that's not what's happening now because what's happening now is nobody actually knows who the young avengers are and we kind of start with a panel which is a newspaper page from the daily bugle talking about that these kids are out there dressed like the Avengers and it is titles them the young Avengers, which is a name they don't actually come up with for themselves. It's young Avengers
0: question mark, even Um, a new generation (laughs) of heroes question mark, as if to say, who are these people and what are they doing? Um, And I love actually that the first time we see the young Avengers, it's in a headline of the daily bugle. So we get kind of this in media
1: res introduction to which is what I, I love that. I like, yeah, I like res. Yes, it's it's very good. And we get the who the fuck are the young Avengers (laughs) um, by J. Jonah Jameson himself. So it's a very good intro to have without having to go through the characters themselves to get this information because it's very much an outsider perspective, which kind of lets you sink into it a little easier. Yeah, and it, it
0: sets up that um, no one really knows who they are and kind of, like, well, I mean, we guess that that's who these characters are supposed to be because, like, um, they have witnesses claim Thor Jr. had lightning powers, that Iron Kid's armor was more advanced than Iron Man's, that Teen Hulk was very polite, and that Lieutenant America was, according to Cat Pharrell here, extremely bossy. He told me to move like 10 times, Um, (laughs) which, and that's sort of like a bam, bam, bam panel and sets up the characterization really nicely.
1: And we don't need to know much else. I mean, we are going to learn a lot more, but we don't need a whole lot of exposition here. And that's really, really good. And I like it a lot. Um, And also like Jessica Jones is here and her coworker cat. I say co-worker because they don't really they get they get stuck together a lot here in these first couple yeah. issues but it seems like she doesn't really like she doesn't really like doing anything with her it kind of seems and also it seems like she doesn't really want to work on this story that much. <laughs>
0: I mean let's be real like Jessica Jones kind of she so she was a private eye um, and was introduced in um, Alias aka Jessica Jones uh, by Brian Michael Bendis and she's kind of a loner like she does things herself in her own way um and doesn't really follow anyone else's rules so i think that's like reflected here in her personality
1: yeah definitely and she kind of gets on cat's case a little bit about like what what was she doing there and we learned that she was kind of like being also pushy and like being in the kids faces so that's maybe why they were being rude maybe maybe patriot was just there also but um, <laughs> uh, she also mentions that they're not all dressed like the young avengers because one of them is dressed like bucky and then we get this story from, from jj about how he wanted to be bucky until bucky died and like nobody wanted to be bucky after that which is kind of it was like a weird heartfelt moment, but then it goes right back. Yeah. It goes right back to being not that way.
0: <laughs> well, and in, in Cat Pharrell, the reporter, doesn't even know who Bucky is uh, because at this point he'd been dead in continuity for like 50 years. Yeah. Um, and nobody also thought that he'd ever be brought back, both in universe and in the real world. It's just like, well, you wouldn't bring back someone that had been dead for that long. Um but
1: the winter so. soldier the winter soldier stuff is going on kind of parallel not at the same exact time as this story is going but it's about like we're about to find out that the winter soldier is bucky later on in the, this year in 2005 not 2017 i think we maybe all know that or maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe we all know that there's now. a whole movie about it in fact <laughs> if, if i don't know if you caught it but yeah um and i I have in my notes that Jessica is the only competent one here because it seems like Cat really doesn't want to be reporting on superheroes. Just saying, and she's working yeah. at the Daily. She's working at the Daily. Yeah, Google. this is like
0: Marvel New York.
1: Yeah, so that's what you're doing here. Especially if you work here, I don't yeah. know.
0: But she does also like she's kind of like fangirls a little bit about because uh, we learned Jessica Jones used to be Jewel, uh, who was another. Um, costumed crime fighter and she was with the avengers for a time so i mentioned aka jessica jones earlier um so jessica jones herself is kind of a part of retroactive continuity as well Um, so all the young avengers um that's like the one thing i like about marvel is there's this sense of this shared continuity and this um persistent world but yet it's totally okay to fit in other stories where it makes sense that they would be. Um, and we'll see that with the Young Avengers, that they're kind of like slotted in um, where it makes sense and into other character stories. Um, and Jessica Jones was that as well. So Brian Michael Bendis wrote that book and it kind of placed her back as like a contemporary of other superheroes in the late 80s, early 90s um and she's kind of like a washed up superhero and at this point um you know she'd kind of gotten her life together she's with Luke Cage they're about to have a baby um so she's you know in a much better place i think than in her introductory series which was a yeah. real rough series and was adapted into um the Netflix series Jessica Jones
1: and Jess almost Like there's a period there where she shows up almost all the time when the Young Avengers do. Like she's like in a lot of their stories too. Um, So that's just a a interesting thing that's happened. But basically, her and her coworker are pushed out the door and say, "Get you know, get some information on these kids." And when they walk out the door of the Daily Bugle, we get this amazing page. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well first jess is like
1: well i don't really
0: know the avengers i don't really yeah i don't know Cap. i don't know
1: captain america because they they both assume that she does because she has yeah. got these superhero connections and she's like we're not it's not like we're friends or anything and I then don't have them on speed dial yeah and then they walk out the door and lo and behold captain america is there asking for her in this lovely panel that i uh talked about for yeah. just a second there
0: The much-celebrated hug and squeeze, or hug and fly, rather. Um, (laughs) So, like, Heinberg, uh, Alan Heinberg is um, out as a gay man, and I can't believe for a second that he wouldn't know that people have kind of, like, shipped Cap and Iron Man together as a couple since time immemorial. And this is, like, extremely... A homoerotic pose like it looks like they're about to take a prom picture yeah honestly
1: it, it, it really is it it dominant and it dominates the page it is yeah it is just like and it's supposed to be that way because of the perspective in it but it's just, it's just so much there and it's what everybody uses like not everybody but a lot of people um when they talk about this and then they talk about that alternate universe where um, cap and tony are married because I guess that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. They talk about those yeah, two things. Yeah. It's a female a
0: version of Tony.
1: Yeah. They talk about those two things uh, a lot. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but. So uh, Jessica gets whisked away by yeah, Captain and, America then, and Tony then, Stark. Then Tony is holding them both and just going. Because I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That's. They got away a lot. They don't have bird bones. It's not a Shatterstar long shot situation. So. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm not I'm not going to. But they take they take her and they head up onto the roof or they can have a private conversation and basically talk about how Cap has this super a lot of guilt and doesn't want these young Avengers running around because they could get hurt and he'll never be responsible for something like that again. because... Yeah, As Jonah kind
0: of blamed him before and others will talk about, um, you know, a lot of people blame Cap for Bucky's death, including Cap himself. So it's kind of one of those I can never allow it to happen again kind of things.
1: Yeah. So he's like dealing with a lot of guilt here. And it's understandable if we didn't know and he doesn't know that Bucky's not dead. Yeah. (sighs) Just a couple months more, Cap. Don't worry and
0: (laughs) oh it it there's a lot that goes on it won't get better for a while (laughs)
1: no it it will not it hardly ever does and they have this conversation and you know jess is like well if i were teen superheroes i would go to the avengers mansion and that's where my hideout would be and cap and tony are like that's not that's not where they are guess what that's totally where they are and no one believes jessica jones and this is probably the first time of many times that like
0: Tony, Cap, I know neither of y'all have had kids, but come on, were you were teenagers once. I mean, Cap was a teenager like a thousand years ago,
1: but <laughs> like, count. don't you
0: know that teenagers <laughs> don't listen to people and do what they want? And okay, you know what? Whatever. They
1: might hang out in an abandoned building. Not so sure. Um, yeah. So that's what all the cool kids are doing. Maybe in 2005. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And they <laughs> keep joking about, like, um, sir not appearing in this comic Luke Cage. Age, um, yes.
1: They keep asking. Uh, just is like, well, how do I get a hold of you if I need you? And then they're just like, you should ask your boyfriend. And it, like, goes back and forth a couple times. It's actually a pretty good gag. I like it a lot. Yeah. We move from there to a scene at a... Wedding Cathedral, which is not a specific wedding cathedral. This is not Las Vegas. But a cathedral in New York, which is actually St. Patrick's Cathedral, where there are some gunmen who were just kind of there holding up a wedding. And we find out that that wedding is of the bishops, who, of course, you might know that you know last name now. But this is actually Kate Bishop's first appearance.
0: Yeah. Also, we learn that the police are um they've held up this wedding, stolen everyone's goods, um and are asking for safe passage out of the city and the police are just negotiating with them which i mean everything you ever see on tv or is like oh we're, the police don't negotiate with terrorists or with hostage situations but they definitely are here and of note these are not superpowered antagonists these are just men with guns and an Armani in Armani suits it's like come on Really? So the police aren't interfering at all, which gives our intrepid heroes the opportunity to interfere.
1: To crash through a very expensive-looking stained glass window that might actually be irreplaceable. But who's counting?
0: <laughs> yeah. Not only that, they crash through the window and then roll into um the pulpit, the pulpit of yeah. the church. Mm-hmm. And just totally wreck everything. Um. You know, Billy just kind of drops, uh, um, Asgardian as he's known now, uh, kind of drops, uh, Patriot and Hulkling into it, and it's just a whole mess. And I love how like they're bickering the entire time, and I love how uncoordinated it is because it shows how ex- inexperienced they are as a team.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about let's talk about these guys for a second because this is our first real introduction to them. So we mm-hmm. have iron lad we have hulkling we have patriot and we have asgardian and some of those will be familiar to you some of them will not be (laughs) um depending on how familiar you are with the young avengers and how do we feel about these costumes because they definitely are something
0: yeah these first costumes are pretty rough um Hulkling is wearing, like, a motorcycle vest and motorcycle <laughs> uh, gloves that somehow, like, I was thinking about it, somehow they grow with him. Um, unstable, molecules. Teens, unstable
1: molecules. Unstable molecules, my Teens
0: can't afford unstable molecule uniforms. I, <laughs> I think he, they're just extremely stretchy. Um, I... I don't love a lot of these original costumes, but I have to say I do have a fondness for Asgardian's head wingies.
1: I do too. I like They're very cute. I do like this old costume. I, I I don't know. There's something about it. And Patriots costumes good too. I do yeah. like the full. I do like the full mask, but that may be your, that may be there for reasons which we will touch on in a bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um it's of note that they're definitely like extremely inspired by um the actual heroes. Like they don't really have their own identities at this point. Um asgardians got like the Thor dots on his chest. Um Iron Lad is just like an extremely shiny Iron Man. Yeah. Um and then um Hulkling has like the Hulk green hair and body.
1: And Patriot's got some thread throwing stars, which you informed me are actually something Bucky used.
0: I believe so. Yes. Um, also, as Guardian's costume is like super practical, he's got like this thwacking staff that's totally a Gandalf staff, as well as like a satchel, um, which is nice because you can carry like things such as like snacks.
1: Yeah. No. With you when you go superheroes. Pouches are right? actually super convenient, and I don't know. I like pouches on costumes. Everybody else can just get out of here. Um, yeah, the,
0: the satchel does go away, though. It's, like, slung over his shoulder, but it does disappear it in does. later iterations of the also, costume.
1: Also, I enjoy that in this panel of them dispatching the villains that Hulkling just yells at, yeah. <laughs> at one of the he guys. Doesn't,
0: he doesn't punch. He just says drop it and, like, threatens the gunman with his fist. So that does do um, a, a, a good large. job of kind of telling you what what he's all about yeah now that's that's one thing that i think jim chung's art does very well uh, especially in this book is establish who the characters are through their um their actions um and the writing as well because um, obviously you know they work together very closely um
1: and narrow and narrowly avoiding a a knife a knifing is that what you call that no a stabbing yes. a stabbing um <laughs> we see hulkling and as guardian uh flirt on panel and it's very nice yeah. to see
0: yeah after after um as guardian saves hulkling from from the the stabbing um but as they're flirting we realize that as lightning attack has set the church on fire which when you're trying to save people maybe is not a
1: good outcome not ideal I don't think so not ideal no died in a fire not a good thing to read
0: yeah so they start to realize that oh right um I think we get uh, a panel of Asgardians saying oh right the bad guys as in like oh yeah I forgot about the bad guys when I was
1: flirting oops (laughs) Oops. my bad and then he gets thrown into Hulkling who crashes backwards and then we also see Patriot starting to get shit beat out of him by the gunman and we see Kate Bishop making her way towards the gun and a single shiny throwing star on the ground and she then yeah, and gets a, gets a little a little damseled here, but not only for like half a second.
0: Yeah, she's she's a self rescuing damsel. Yes. Um can we talk for a second about her her attire as well? I know oh no, we her, about per- the boys. her purple
1: dress is amazing. Purple dress, which is very clearly to me an allusion to her Hawkeye outfit that she will have here shortly. And I love yep. it. Also, all the bridesmaids are wearing the same exact dress. Don't do this. If you're having a wedding, don't do this. Yeah. Pick a variation on a theme. It's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so she
0: gets um captured by kind of i guess the lead gunman um and the boys are all kind of like arguing about what they should do and she's just like takes initiative and says kind of says fuck this and stabs the gunman in the leg with a throwing star um as charlie said that she picked up
1: earlier yeah and kate saves the day because of course she does And it starts a chain of events between her and Patriot that just culminate in Patriot being a very big jerk.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, all of them. No, I guess it's Patriot. It's like, no, it's. uh, I would have rescued you eventually, and then she's like, "Yeah, right. You didn't have to thank me or anything."
1: Yeah, and he's like, "For what? I didn't need a rescue, especially from a." And she says. <laughs> you will if you if you finish that sentence so <laughs> it's yeah that's i guess teens i guess that's why this is happening between them it's similar to i think
0: um i know we watched runner recently and i don't want to get too much into it but um chase and gert's
1: uh dynamic there reminds me oh yeah it's a like little that bit, same kind of a thing a little bit yeah um once they get out of that situation though and they head outside there's like super a lot amount of press, including uh cat and Jessica Jones, who uh Hulkling and asgardian know as Jewel <laughs> which also is a little nod to their personalities because they're like really big nerds and it's actually super endearing. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about it. It's very good.
0: They're the they're the nerds and they they bounce the the references off each other too, as we'll see more later. So they fly away.
1: Yeah, they fly away, and Jess calls Luke about this to tell Cap and Tony.
0: And then the young Avengers go back to the Avengers' mansion. Surprise! Jess was right all along. And then they
1: have an argument, and Billy tells everybody that his name is Billy. I'll continue to reference him as Asgardian, however. And he tells them that's not how superheroes should act. We shouldn't be arguing with each other. And then we get a name drop from Iron Lad that Kang is on his way and that's why they have formed this team apparently it doesn't stop eli Just from leaving. stalking off yeah he goes he, he this is number one this is the first time he goes he'll go a lot
0: you know what he's like the angry like anime character and like shown in anime like he's the one that has the rage or like he gets frustrated so he's stalks off and then he'll reappear um, again, conveniently. But for right now, he's he's gone. And Hulkling and Asgardian reveal that Jessica Jones gave them her card and said to contact her if they wanted to talk. They,
1: but they got to go because they got school tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're very responsible. Iron Lad lives in the destroyed Avengers mansion by himself, which is probably not fun for someone to live because it's just like a mess
1: yeah it's just destroyed and he's, he's walking he gets spooked and lets out a laser blast i'm sure it's not a laser it's i'm sure it's something way more better than a laser um and it hits cap shield it's an ion blast actually there you go um where jess tony and cap are all waiting and we figure out that iron lad's armor is neurokinetic and then we also learn at the end here that Iron Lad is actually Kang the Conqueror <laughs> from the 30th century. Yeah. With a nice little cliffhanger, which cliffhangers actually, that's almost all of these issues have cliffhanger endings. So there's really no good place to like stop if you're re- actually reading, rereading them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's like as a new series um, in a time where I feel like that was really rare. I think they have to keep that suspense up in order to make people want to buy the next issue. Yeah. Because um, this came after Runaways, which was another um, teen super comic. But Runaways was explicitly not like a superhero comic. It was just about kids that happen to have superpowers, teens that happen to have superpowers. Whereas this is explicitly a superhero comic. So you have to keep that readership up, I think, is where some of these uh, cliffhangers come from. So for issue two, we kind of cold open again on the young Avengers at St. Patrick's cathedral being on TV. And we we get again, who the fuck are the young Avengers? I like the Um, callback. It's very good. Yeah. And then we see that Kate's at the hospital as well as, the rest of the wedding party Um, and her dad is getting into it with the nurses and being like, don't you know who I am and doing that rich white person, like making everything all about them. And she's just like, she pieces out of there and says, I can't handle this right now. And goes to sit out on the curb,
1: which I can't blame her. First glimpse of Kate's dad, not a fan. And I will continue to not be a fan as we learn more and more about him. Not in this series, but later on. Yeah. Much later on. Yeah. I actually
0: forgot about that he was even in this book. Um I didn't even know much... and I think this is maybe the only time he is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I think he might be like in the background of presents but he's not like a drawn character. Eh. It's whatever. Um, I'm, I'm not
1: too concerned about it. <laughs> yeah, fuck him.
0: Um <laughs> So uh so yeah, Kate's just sitting out there and just just happened uh just so happens that someone has been looking for her cassie and that someone, yeah who is ant man's daughter
1: and uh, he and
0: <laughs> go ahead <laughs> the ant man who is super dead right now yes scott Lang.
1: that's in my notes he is super dead right now scott lang he is not alive don't listen to the retcons he's super not alive
0: yeah um, i also have in my notes cassie isn't going to take anyone's shit it's uh-huh. true.
1: <laughs> That's also very true because she wants to talk to Kate because she wants to find out where the young Avengers are so she can join them. Yeah, Kate follows after her after she pieces out and we cut back to Cap and Tony and Jess with Kang having a conversation about how time travel is very bad and hard to explain.
0: Yeah. Let's let's call him Young Kang or Little King. I like
1: Little King. <laughs> Little Yes, Little Kang because <laughs> because we get this wonderful story from Little Kang about Big Kang, how he got here and how he got here from the 30th Record century. Scratch,
0: yeah. you might be wondering how I got here.
1: <laughs> um, it's a trip of a story, but we go through most of it in this issue.
0: Can we just talk for a second about these? In the 30th century, we see Kang being bullied by these kids. They're writing like these triangular hover scooter things. Like I don't know if they're like razor blades, like are razor scooters of the 30th century or what, but like the 30th century looks like a bad time. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> it really does. Like Kang talks about and we'll talk about this in a second, how if time would have proceeded as it had before, like he would his neck would have been sliced open by one of these razor triangle <laughs> hoverboard things. And it's, it's worth noting, they have one on each foot. It's very strange. Um, but his <laughs> neck gets cut open by this, and it almost bankrupts his parents with the medical bills. So, like, I guess healthcare doesn't get any better in the 30th century. No. Uh, it's still a hellscape. No, I, um, guess it, I
1: guess it doesn't. And I also guess that this has maybe happened to other kids at some point in time.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, they just don't happen to be King the Conqueror, who can... He uh, yeah. gains the power over time and space. Because Kang comes um, back
1: here to kill that kid. And the Big Kang does the worst thing you could possibly do and tells Little Kang that he is about to embark on this amazing journey through time.
0: <laughs> yeah, he
1: becomes, he gets,
0: it's, this is a lot. He does this, like, Indiana Jones thing and then gets transported back in time to ancient Egypt where people think he's a god and crown him pharaoh and then he goes with his pharaoh uniform to the 40th century and like fights off two alien races with like Mega Man arm cannons while also wearing his pharaoh attire. That's how he became King the Conqueror was by defeating both of these races. It's a lot. Like, I'm not even going to talk about the weird Indiana Jones appropriation stuff. Yeah. With the Pharaoh.
1: And we get some, we do get an amazing splash page, though, with Kang and all of the Avengers. Because we get, like, as we're going through, like, I guess Kang's, like, time cycle. Time cycle. Maybe they should have been, Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> They go through this whole landscape of the Avengers and then little Kang asked big Kang about them and big Kang says don't worry about these guys they were just they were just for sport I defeated them easily even though I think that the Avengers have always defeated Kang I don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah, well, that's that's why he kind of asked. He's like, um, they've defeated you all the time. And Kang's like, don't worry about it. Just kill this boy that was bullying you and then become the man you were destined to be, which is me, Big Kang. Um, <laughs> and Little Kang's like, um, no, thank you. And Ollie's off into the past.
1: Yeah, to find the Avengers, to tell them about all of this. and About Kang Doing Kang stuff. Yeah. Which they probably would have already known. But he ends up going back to the year 2005, which lets us know that the Avengers aren't around anymore. They're not together. And we get this... Tony Stark tells him to fuck off. Yeah, Tony Stark's assistant tells him to fuck off. (laughs) yeah right and then iron lad finds his way back to a stark warehouse where he finds an extremely terrifying torn apart vision who i think has been like that for at least six months
0: yeah he was torn in half it was bad yeah he's He's a terrifying
1: yeah he's a terrifying heap on the ground it's not a good situation tony
0: stark was in a really bad place i think like he just boxed him up and put him in this warehouse like
1: Here you go, buddy.
0: You don't really give a a robot
1: a burial, right? I guess it all depends on how much you care about the robot. Well, I guess not that much. I guess, yeah. He's just kind of like here, looking like a tangled up box
0: of Christmas lights. Yeah, it's
1: it's not a good situation. And Little Kang hooks himself up here and then the vision becomes a ghost. (laughs) It's not actually that. Hologram. It looks like that. It's a hologram. And... Like he downloads all this information and gets some information about an Avenger self fail safe, excuse me, program where he learns that there are other Avengers or basically the next generation of Avengers that could be called upon if the Avengers were not together, which they are not. So clearly we need this Avengers Failsafe program.
0: And then so we go back to Hulkling and Asgardian, who are just flying through New York, as you do, the next night. And they talk about how they don't really think that they're ready. You know, they don't want to lose Patriot. And Hulkling goes, he's stubborn, but he's not an idiot. And then the panel goes to Eli basically
1: fighting, fighting a, a car? car. Yeah, he's fighting a jeep. He, yeah, he's he's an idiot. Yeah, he is an idiot. He's fighting a jeep that's full of angry men with guns who threaten him and tell him that if he's good he'll he'll go to heaven when they kill him. All right, sure. Um <laughs> and they end up being MGH dealers. They basically get Owned by Asgardian and Hulkling when they save the day, Patriot maybe does some things, but they also have like a giant bag of MGH, which I guess is like it looks like the blue crystal meth from Breaking Bad. It's not. Oh my god, you're right. It's not, though. It's not that. It's not that blue sky. Yeah. They can't really take it to the police
0: or the Avengers. It just kind of disappears. I think I know what happens to it. Really quick, I do want to say, uh, Patriot asks Asgardian if he has a better idea of what to do with it than give it to the the Avengers. Asgardian goes, gee, let me check my superhero manual. Oh, wait, it's in my other tights.
1: <laughs> Billy's full of good lines like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Really good.
1: We Yeah, we cut over to Cassie and Kate as they arrive at the Avengers Mansion, which I guess is really like a burnt out husk of a, of a mansion. It's just a really cool place to hang out because everybody wants to go there. And <laughs> Cassie tells Kate what happened to her dad. And we discover that she wants Scott's extra costume that's still in the Avengers Mansion, which I guess isn't that badly yeah. damaged if there's like some intact rooms.
0: Yeah, I mean, it could have been a spare costume and we see her dad's room and it's kind of messed up but of note is also they walk past the crater that cassie's dad died at which is really upsetting yeah it's not good um and yeah cassie's cassie gets really upset and then as they're about to enter the mansion who do they run into but the young avengers who tell them to leave as if they have any right to tell anyone to get out of this place
1: that they are also squatting? Yes. Uh, basically, well, Billy geeks out over Cassie, the fact that she is related to a actual Avenger. And Eli is rude to both of them, especially when Cassie tells him she wants to join. And, like, keeps talking about how young she is and and that she has, like, no right to be here, basically. And, and then she judo flips him. Yeah, and then she judo flips him into the bushes and... Where he still continues to berate her and she gets so pissed off that she grows super big even after she told Kate she has no powers. So surprise. A surprise. <laughs> she was exposed to pin particles. Yes. <laughs> and this panel at the end's very it's a very strange choice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I will say, like, I don't like how they've kind of like weirdly sexualized Cassie, because it kind of happens in the in the third issue as well and i don't feel super great about it which is funny because jim chung's not someone that normally no. like yeah. sexualizes people so it's it's an odd choice for sure
1: especially after we just got done learning that she was 15 years old like
0: yeah yeah absolutely um not she's not even 15 she's like 15 later in the year and she's got like her panties sticking out of her ripped pants here and it's not a it's, super good choice small.
1: yeah it's not good yeah but that will that will indeed lead us to young avengers volume three not volume yeah volume three that doesn't exist young avengers issue number three um i will if only it did I, right well um it's a monkey Paul type of situation yeah yeah <laughs> um which i will mention that the second and the third issue have the exact same creative teams so i'm not missing anybody anybody there so
0: We start the third issue with Iron Lad projecting ghost vision, aka a hologram of vision, from an orb on his armor's hip, because Kang downloaded him into his armor, as Charlie said earlier. And they're like, he's alive. Uh, And then there's a big crash, which causes everyone to freak out.
1: And Tony thinks it's an earthquake, but it's never an earthquake. It's never an earthquake. It's absolutely never an earthquake. And everybody always thinks They live on the East Coast. Exactly. It's not an earthquake you're a superhero yeah you should know better it's cassie has cassie has fallen over become unconscious yeah yeah fallen they can't get up style except for not really because she just got to get small again um also like this is the first time she's used her powers it probably took a lot out of her super i'm sure it's super disorienting and cap and jess and tony all rush out cap is super concerned and the kids all say you know what happened and Blame Eli, who, of course, kind of just tries to run away again. We finally get everybody's meeting with, like, the actual Avengers. And Kate is super a part of the team, even if no one knows it yet. (laughs)
0: And there's something about, so she's still giant here. And there's, like, something about the giant woman trope that is, like, it came out of, like, pulp, you know, cinema and stuff like that. But I feel like there, as we mentioned before, I feel like there was a way to draw her here that wasn't, like... ...weirdly objectifying, which is, again, strange because Chung is usually really good about that, so I don't know. Not sure what happened. Maybe... I'm not sure what happened here. Who knows? They head all back inside... ...after Kate is the only competent one and helps get Cassie calmed down and get her small again. Yes.
1: And we learn a little bit more about the Avengers Failsafe program, and we learn that everybody that was chosen has some sort of connection to the Avengers...
0: And that nobody with powers knows where their powers come from, which is probably not super great.
1: Yeah, and none of the yeah none of the kids know it, at any point how or why they were chosen. That is a little bit of a dangling plot thread. Everybody actually wants to help out Cap by like telling them all about themselves, and Eli is still being a jerk.
0: <laughs> yeah, which causes Kate to actually point at Captain America and say, "Why can't you be more like him?" Yeah, it's not the first time some
1: people are going to say this to you, but... Well, it is it is the first time, but it's definitely not the last yeah. time. <laughs> but Kate is right. This captain, in this comic, not a jerk. Very good. Very yeah. good Captain America here.
0: A plus Cap writing. Yes. <laughs> he's also really concerned why Patriot is wearing Bucky's costume. And Eli first informs him that, no, he's not his son, so don't worry about it. But... He is the grandson of the first Captain America, Isaiah Bradley, who is the black Captain America. So in Marvel continuity, there was kind of like a Marvel version of the Tuskegee Airmen. And they were the first to be experimented on with the Super Soldier serum before Cap got it. Eli explains that even though his mother had already been born before his grandfather got the superhero serum, he got it from a blood transfusion. I don't think that's how blood transfusions work, by the no. way. No, I don't think. I you- mean, who knows? It's it's super science. I guess if you are, like, drained of blood and then you have, like, magic superhero serum blood. I guess you get powers it's, that It's, like, way. multiplying inside of you. Yeah. M- multiplying inside <laughs> of
1: you.
0: Don't worry about it. We also cut to a scene. So Cassie, all she wants, basically, is to get her dad's old stuff out of the mansion. It's, like, collecting his effects. And so Tony is chaperoning her. All she wants is his dad's, is her dad's helmet and the pictures that he had. So Tony explains that he put the helmet in storage. He also informs her that what happened to her dad wasn't an accident. He was murdered.
1: Not a good thing to tell a small, like, not a small child, but like anybody?
0: Yeah, Tony's not really subtle or like good
1: at, Talking to people. (laughs) He's not good at talking to anybody, actually.
0: Yeah, so then they just kind of sit there, and Tony is like unloading on this 14 year old girl about all of his guilt and all of his problems and just totally, like, unavailable to her emotionally while she sits there sobbing. It's really awful, it's actually, not, yeah, if I'm being it's, honest.
1: It's it's not good. And we learn from Tony that he's very upset about how, like, all the superheroes just, like, started fighting with each other. And that's why the Avengers are disassembled now. Uh, you know, we kind of gloss over the actual reason why. And this is funny because yeah. Civil War is not even happened yet. So... I'm very sorry, Tony, but you are the direct catalyst. Not direct, exactly, but you definitely don't help the situation along when it comes to that. His inability to deal with his guilt is really a lot. Yeah. We don't have time to think about that, though, because the growing man bursts through the wall. (laughs) So you care to tell me a little bit about the growing man, Charlie? The growing man has something to do with King the Conqueror, and I don't know anything else about him. Except that. (laughs) And I didn't even look it up because this is the only time he appears. And unless he has more than one appearance in this series, I'm not going to deal with it. so. So it's a man and he grows a lot. And he also travels with Big Kang through time. Sometimes. He's like Big Kang's precursor almost. Yes. He's like, he shows up and that's what Little Kang iron lad tells us is that he's he's here he's here because he's trying to find out where he is and it's basically a precursor as you said to that all the avengers yell about not hitting him because he'll just keep growing but that's not what happened because he bursts into a little tiny tiny little little growing mans
0: <laughs> to to which uh as guardian says okay this completely violates growing man continuity which is really great because he's like narrating growing man fight with little like notes about how he works and he knows more about him than anyone else which is really great and so then they try to subdue him because if they punch him he'll just get bigger or more powerful.
1: To which Kang tells tells Asgardian to use his other powers that aren't lightning that he hasn't told us about. (laughs) So
0: almost all of the powered heroes here have like Two sets of powers. So we've seen Hulkling's super strength and Asgardian's lightning powers, but we have yet to see Asgardian's magic. So he unleashes like this burst of blue magic that knocks out all of the tiny growing men or causes them to stop attacking at least, while a little king rises, takes off his helmet, and basically tells them to bow down to him. And then they send off like bursts of light, like flares, to let King, Big King, know that they found him, which is yeah. bad, probably.
1: Which is bad, but Cap and Tony still really don't think the kids are telling yeah, the truth. Yeah, they don't believe them. Yeah, which, telling like, the truth at all. Like, Tony lulls them into a self, like a, a false sense of security and is like, okay, thank you for explaining. We're going to train you now, so when Kang comes, we'll all be ready. It'll be super great. Let's we'll Just walk into this room, and then he shuts the door behind well, him. Well, even
0: before that, he's like... But in order to truly learn how to be superheroes, we have to take your, uh, all your apparatus away. So Asgardians like Gandalf Staff, um, Iron Lad's armor, they take it all away.
1: Let that be a lesson to you, kids. If someone tries to take away your superhero costume, they're probably going to lock you in a room and not let you out.
0: Don't let them. It's yours. Don't,
1: don't let him. It's your stuff. So they lock him in and then Wick,
0: uh, Asgardian, I almost called him Wiccan. He's not <laughs> Wiccan yet. Um, Asgardian knocks on the glass and is like, hey, hey, one more question. And then they, then he kind of realizes that, that they kind of locked him in while Cap and Iron Man go into another room. They're basically locked in detention while yeah. the adults figure out how to call their parents. Why do you adult superheroes lock kid superheroes
1: in a room i don't know like, why but is that it, a thing it happens to billy more than once once while he's asgardian and once while he's wicked
0: <laughs> well there's there's a couple times where um billy gets locked up and it's always
1: bad oh gosh i i glanced over i glossed over that the the really yeah, important. yeah there's ones. a lot
0: there's a lot there's a lot yeah um, we won't
1: talk about that right now but yeah. yeah, we do end on this very lovely splash page of Kang showing up with like hand cannon like a hand cannon and yeah, again
0: he, his Mega Man
1: like arm cannon. And he's like he's doing like a, a really sassy pose in this technicolor. He sticks nightmare. his leggy out real he's, far. He's sticking his leggy out super far. It's a very nice it's very nice. And like if someone out there is like a super big fan of Kang the Conqueror and they would love a lovely pinup poster of him on their wall this one's <laughs> this one's for you
0: yeah his costume you should talk about it. bright purple helm and like leggings and belt a green like a forest green poncho and his face mask is like a bright <laughs> sapphire blue
1: it's a lot it's a lot and like he kind of looks like tony under there when they take his like helmet slash mask off
0: yeah it's well it's funny So I love Jim Chung's art a lot, but he does sometimes have what is referred to as same face and, like, same hands. Like, you'll see he has, like, a few, like, stock hand poses. Like, I really do love his pencils, but sometimes the variation there leaves a lot to be desired. I think he does a pretty good job in these books of differentiating the characters, but some of the later books that he draws... Don't really have that same level of differentiation.
1: No. We will get to the patented Jim Chung background face. <laughs> that is one of my favorite things. But the best one of those isn't until a while. So. Yeah. Thor was actually doing one in issue two in the spreads. That's true. In the flash forward that King does. But that is Young Avengers volume one, issues one through three. And that is the first half of the sidekicks arc
0: so we'll be going into the second half of that arc coming up
1: here yeah and then we'll be going further than that we'll be finishing this volume out here the in the next couple episodes next issues we will deal with the rest of this arc yeah so that's been the young ones we don't have an outro yet we'll get there no that's everybody's common podcast problem is they don't have a really killer outro maybe that's not for everybody, I don't know. People probably do, but we don't have one yet. What we do have, what I do have for you, however, is a Twitter. Um, you can tweet at us at Young Ones Cast um, on Twitter, and if you tweet us there, I will talk to you about mostly anything. Perhaps you want to talk to me about. You can also find us via email. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way you say that um, at um, youngonescast at gmail.com. You can send us questions. I will take time to research continuity questions. You can send us your comments, lovely things. We'll read them on air. If they're nice, be nice. Everybody needs to be nice to each other. And you can find me personally at genetic ghost on Twitter. That is where I hang out. That's where you can find me. That's where you can ask me questions if you have them. And that's me. And you can find me, Mikey, at
0: quantum dot dot on Twitter and uh, at my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash quantum dot. Again, if you like the podcast, if you enjoy it, please uh, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast catcher of choice. Um, We really do appreciate it as we're trying to get this podcast rolling. Also, shout out to Battle of the Atom.
1: Yes. My friends Zach and Adam have a lovely X-Men podcast called Battle of the Atom. It comes out every Monday. It is the only podcast around where you can hear two very informed gentlemen talk about three X-Men stories and rate them from best to worst on their very long list. They are lovely. They are good friends of mine. And you should check it out if you like the X-Men. We'll be talking about the X-Men and X tangential teams eventually on this podcast. Just not now.
0: Yeah, we'll get there. We have a lot of Young adventures and Runaways to get through first.
1: Exactly. Um, But again, this has been The Young Ones. Thank you so much for listening. And outro will be coming soon. Bye, everybody. Excelsior? No, not at all. Goodbye. Bye.